Hey, this is Greg Knapp. How you doing? You're in Find Your Purpose, Live Your Passion. Today on the show is something from your past holding you back. And I'm bringing in a couple, just regular people, to talk about how anyone can pursue their passion or purpose. And then we're going to end with seven steps to having more time for what you want to do. Ready? Let's go. You know how you sometimes feel stuck? Like you're drifting through life, going through the motions? You know you were created for something more, that an average life just isn't enough for you. Then you're in the right place. Find your purpose. Live your passion. Let's go. Hey, you know you can call the show, 904-373-6591, 904-373-6591. Leave a voicemail for me with a comment or a question you want me to address on the podcast, and I might just put it right into the show. You can also email me, greg at gregorybnap.com, and my website's where you can go right now and get a free ebook, Five Steps to Finding Your Passion and Purpose. It'll pop right up for you at my website, gregorybnap.com that's gregory b as in boy knapp.com and all this is in the show notes of the podcast as well you can get the podcast anywhere you can download podcasts just type in the name of the show and it'll pop right up for you please subscribe and review that all right is something from your past holding you back you know you can actually choose to change your memories i mean everyone has something in their past they wish they could forget right something you want to change or, or go back and fix. And if we think about it too much, we can actually allow that moment in time to hold us back from living our best life. And for some of us, we can even allow one bad memory to ruin our lives. Do you have a bad memory that you keep replaying in your head and does it keep coming back and put you in a bad mood? Well, what if you could choose to stop reliving it? And better yet, what if you could just change what that memory even means to you? No, you can't go back and should have done, but you can use that memory to do something better today. I was thinking about this when I heard Mike Golick on ESPN. He, he talked about the worst loss of his life. It was a high school wrestling match back in 1981. He says he still thinks about it. His wife says he still thinks about it so much that she tried to call the wife of the guy he lost to so they could actually set up a rematch. Wow. Now, Mike Golick played football. He wrestled for Notre Dame. His record on the mat was 24-4-1. He played in the NFL for eight years. He won in sports time after time after time, and yet he's still reliving a match from 1981. Dude, let it go. Well, Greg, it's not that easy. It's like when a song gets in your head and you can't stop singing it all day long. I'd stop if I could. I don't think that's how Mike Golick sounds. It was just his thoughts. See, I get it. But we have tremendous power over what we put in our long-term memory banks. I mean, what do you focus on and think about over and over? Is it your worst losses or your greatest wins? I love what Louise Smith said. You can't reach for anything new. If your hands are still full of yesterday's junk. Yes, learn from your mistakes, but then quit reliving them. Move on. Relive your victories and all the things you did right. That's how you build your confidence. That's how you can be all excited again about what you've done and improve your confidence and your memories and your feelings. When a bad memory pops in your head, 
Think about what you can learn from it. If the answer is nothing, then tell yourself you're not going to let that one moment in time affect how you feel anymore. Anytime that memory starts to pop up, just yell, stop! Now, you may want to use your inside voice if other people are around. We don't want the men in white coats carrying the nets coming for you. But then you just focus on a good memory. Relive a time in your life when you were kicking butt. Ruminate on that. Feel the good feelings. I mean, really get into it for a little bit. Are you going to give the past the power to steal your future? That's the question to ask yourself. If you can learn something from that old memory, then just acknowledge what it is. Thank your brain for helping you remember and learn that lesson. But then say this to yourself. I have learned that lesson. I never have to think about it again. Lock that in. Go ahead and take action on the lesson that old memory taught you. If you can't do it, then get your brain thinking about something great that you've recently done and focus on that. Here's another great technique. Get busy making new memories. Do something to disrupt that pattern of replaying and solidifying that bad memory in your head. You know, it's almost impossible to tell yourself not to think about something, right? I mean, quick, don't think about a purple eight-foot-tall Easter bunny hopping on your front lawn. You can't help but think about it now, right? So replace what you don't want to think about with something awesome that you do want to think about. Try writing down your dreams, your goals, plans. And when you're writing, it's very hard to think about anything else. Try it. Review these things every morning when you wake up and every evening right before you go to bed. And I know you've heard this, but have you ever done it for 30 days in a row? It could just change your life. I love this one. Moving on isn't forgetting the past. It's learning from it. If you train your brain to focus on your successes, then that will become the default setting for your brain. And it's going to come in handy when you're about to do something new or big. I mean, think back to when you've succeeded in similar instances and just replay them in your mind. Your subconscious mind treats your successful visualizations the same as successes in the real world. <clears throat> I mean, use that to build your confidence. I know this sounds a little weird, but just try it and then get back to me. See, you get to choose what movies get replayed in your head. Choose wisely. I also got this for you. What to do with your next great idea and what not to do with it. I mean, have you ever had that perfect idea? What did you do with it? Did you change the world? Did it make you super successful? Or did something else happen? Napoleon Hill said, ideas are the beginning points of all fortunes. Well, last night I had a dream and I came up with a perfect idea. And I try to save these by having my phone right next to my bed. And so when it happens in the middle of the night, I record it in my phone. The problem is when I listened to it in the morning, it sounded like this. Don't forget the oxen. Isn't that awesome? Uh, I mean, this last time I couldn't even wake myself up enough to make the audio note. So I told myself in my dream to make sure I didn't forget. And of course I forgot it. So I can't act on it. So it wasn't the perfect idea. I love what A.N. Whitehead said. Ideas won't keep. Something must be done about them. So what perfect ideas have you had that you haven't acted upon? It means nothing because you didn't act on it. But it's not too late. If you have the perfect idea, just act on it today. The next time you have a perfect idea or even just a good one, take action right away. That's the only time ideas actually count. Because if you don't do something with an idea, 
It's going somewhere else. I mean, you don't have to know how to do everything with your idea, but just start taking action. The ability to convert ideas to things is the secret to outward success at H.W. Beecher. That's really cool stuff. It's really important, and it really works. Do it now. Take action, because once you do, your idea will take on a life of its own. Then you can cultivate it. Then you can grow it. Just take some kind of action on it every day until you decide. Is this something worth pursuing? If so, yeah, go at it, man. Keep going until you knock it out. But you also might decide it's not and then move on to something else. But you'll never know if you don't start taking action on it, right? So now, if you'll excuse me for just a minute, I will go try to translate my midnight brilliance from my smartphone. I don't think it's going to end well. Maybe something like an idea for Brussels sprout flavored ice cream, but I'll keep you posted. Hey, listen, I bring a lot of big name authors, speakers, bloggers, and podcasters on this show. But can anyone, I mean anyone, really pursue their passion and purpose? Well, that's why I'm going to bring in Dan and CB. some mother-son team, and they're making it happen. And they will encourage you that you can do it too by seeing what they've done. Don't forget, you can call 904-373-6591 to leave a message for the show. I might put you right in the show. And go to my website gregorybnapp.com for my free ebook, Five Steps to Finding Your Passion and Purpose. gregorybnapp.com. You're on Find Your Purpose, Live Your Passion. And I want to start today, I want to bring in CB and Dan Hoffman. They've created and self-published six ebooks now as a mother-son team. They've done three audiobooks, they've done a short film, and they're doing all of it on their own. So I thought, hey, if you're somebody that has a dream, you have something you're passionate about, and you don't have a lot of money to start, and you want to start it on your own, these would be a couple people to talk to. So CB and Dan Hoffman, before we get into how we can help other people, let's just learn a little bit more about how you guys started. I mean, once you got your idea and you were passionate about it, how'd you get started? Okay. Uh, CB, tell them about the idea, uh, how you got the, the first idea for the first book, but don't tell them the first line. And then I'll do that in my best Don LaFontaine voice. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's, he's got that down. All right. I was... Um getting ready to step into the classroom for the first time. And the night before I got a dream and the dream had the first line that I'm not allowed to tell you on a legal pad. And then you, I went down to the bottom of the legal pad and my own handwriting I saw, and she fell into the arms of God. So I thought, Hmm, I woke up immediately. I thought, what in the world is this? And then I realized, Oh my gosh, I've been given the first and the last lines for a book. And that was um, what started me writing. So I, I taught for 29 years and wherever I could fit in uh, writing this, this book, I did. And it was, it was quite an effort. I also was working on my master's degree in the middle of all of that, but I was really glad when I finally got it done because Really, Gregory, I uh, revised it 14 times before Dan came on board. Wow. Yeah. And uh, well, it was, you know, I, it just had to work. It had to work be, between the beginning and the ending lines. 
So he's going to tell you now what the beginning line was. Well, okay. So before I do that, I'm going to use a little suspense here. So I was uh, fresh out of design school in New York and working full time. And, you know, I had always had uh, design projects and actually had gotten a marketing degree at UCF in Central Florida. And uh, I had been working on some really bad uh, book cover designs way back then because I had a marketing degree, but I had gotten hired to do graphic design. So I really had no idea what I was doing, and I was creating some really bad cover designs. And then I had uh, reached out to New York, got a job up there, finished design school up there, and had been working as a designer up there. So I'm feeling a little bit more confident. And I was talking with CB on the phone, and I said, hey, CB, uh, why don't you read me some of your book? because I was looking for another freelance project. And CB said, she was accustomed to coming here. She was an assassin embroiled in a sultry web of blackmail and deceit. And I said, what? Couldn't believe it. And so it was literally just from the, the love of the content, the whole thing grew. Uh, before you knew it, CB read the first paragraph, the first page, the first chapter, the whole book. And we were comparing notes and talking about where it could go and uh, just brainstorming and having fun and loving what CB wrote. And, uh, and then we just started thinking, okay, where are we going to go from there? And um, this was 2008, 2009. So uh, you, have to, you have to go back in time and remember pre-iPad. Uh, so it was uh, Amazon Kindle version one was mm. out and it was like $400. I remember seeing ads for it on New York City bus station shelters and uh, just thinking, okay, that seems pretty cool. It can hold 20,000 books or something. And, and I remember thinking that was for... Um, you know, publishing professionals because of the price point. And then uh, maybe a year later, the next Christmas, uh, I started seeing ads for iPad version one from Apple. And I remember thinking, oh man, I want one. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it, but both were advertising uh, electronic books. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I'm sure that we can turn our book into an electronic book. So just started uh, taking classes, looking into it and found out that you use Adobe InDesign. Uh, there's several other tools you can use, but Adobe InDesign, which was a page layout program uh, that I use daily, uh, you can turn them into uh, the eBooks from there. I just, I love the fact that the whole thing started from in a world of, of assassins and deceit, you know? And yes, yes, in, in a world where a mother and son go against all odds and publishing companies and fight for advertising and marketing dollars spent to get their message of repentance, forgiveness, and reconciliation out to a world that is so easily offended and, and on edge and, and so quick to just uh, hate everybody. One mother-son team goes against all odds to uh, live counterculturally. <laughs> Thanks. I love it. No, it's awesome because you had the idea. It comes to you in a dream. You talk it out. And, and the reason I really love it is because this is what real life is like, right? I mean, yeah. people start yeah, to think is. about, you know, I've been thinking about doing this for years. People come up to me, Greg, I, I've always wanted to write a book. How did you write your book? Or I've always wanted mm -hmm. to start a podcast. How'd you do that? Well, you know, yeah. and, and people get so caught up in, oh, it's too hard. I don't know how to learn it. I don't know how to do it. I've got a full-time job. And it's like, you don't have to quit the full-time job to do this. You can, yeah. you can have oh, these things wow. start to grow in your head. You were looking at it for a couple <laughs> years and now things are so much easier. Like when I, when I self-published my book, CB and Dan, I used create space. I wrote yeah. it in, in a Microsoft word document. I, I yeah. paid a guy on Fiverr to convert it to book publisher friendly for the PDF to upload it. Yeah. Did all that. Yeah. I hired a guy to edit it off Fiverr. And so for the whole thing, I think I spent maybe 
$500 for the editing and the book cover and everything else I needed to do. And now it's print on demand. And it used to yeah. be you could not do that. And now you can. Yeah, yeah. That's the, true. The technology, you know, so we were we were right there looking at create space and all that stuff with you. And, uh, you know, we were looking at uh, having some book covers printed because I had made some contacts and in, in printing in New York. And, uh, you know, we we're looking at having, you know, 10,000, how much would $10,000 get us of books? And, you know, it wasn't a lot and we didn't even have $10,000 anyway. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so we just, you know, we're just kind of looking at all that stuff. And then like that first ad, you know, just made me think, okay, cool. And then the iPad and, you know, thinking, okay, cool. And, and then once, uh, you know, we were talking about the content, we realized it had to be a trilogy and then, you know, audio was becoming a big thing because, you know, I didn't have time to sit down and read a book, you know, and I realized, you know, when CB and I were editing the book, it was all over the phone. I mean, I would literally carve out 30 minutes on the phone and, and she was a school teacher. So she was done at, you know, three, four in the afternoon. So she was home ready, you know, for my call. And uh, so we literally, like you said, we just bootstrapped it. I mean, these have been side hustles for more than 10 years. Yep. yep. So, uh, well, and, and I love that because, you know, people say so much, you got to go big or go home. And, and I don't like yeah. that because quite often that means people just go home. And yeah, I, I, you know, true. and I'm like, no, let's start small and let's get some Whoa. success. Right. And then we yeah. move on to the next big thing. And then, and now your dreams keep getting bigger and you start reaching these big goals. So if you were doing it today, let's say you were starting over for people that want to write an ebook, what would you recommend they do today to ramp up their learning curve and get it going? So Amazon, iTunes, and Barnes and & and Noble, they all have their helper tools. So you have to sign up for like a creator account. If you've written it in Word, like you can upload it. They have tools. You can upload a Word doc. You can upload a PDF, you know, and just depending on your level of competency, you know, it'll be better formatted. They actually have a cover designer tool as well. Amazon does. Yeah, you really can do it almost all by yourself now with all these tools. I want to get you into the importance of getting all your publishing rights and how to market it once you've got it published. Next, on Find Your Purpose, Live Your Passion. I'm back with CB and Dan Hoffman. This is Find Your Purpose, Live Your Passion. My name is Greg Knapp. You can call with a question you have for me to answer on the show at 904-373-6591. 904-373-6591. CB and Dan Hoffman with me. And they have a free gift for you. If you go to their website, a special spot, cbhoffman.com slash how to, and that's two F's and two N's in Hoffman. It's in the show notes too. cbhoffman.com slash how to. They've got a quick win for you. If you want to write a book or an ebook, they've got a free little cheat sheet there on their tips on how to write a book. So it'll get you started down the, down the path. And CB and Dan, before we move into how do you market this, we were talking during the break about if you are going to outsource some of this stuff, some of your artwork or your cover or whatever, you want to make sure that you have something in writing that says you have the rights to this forever, right? Exactly. You know, um, the, the way I uh, learned about that is I was reading about Amazon back when we were researching, um, you know, how to make the books. And uh, they said that make sure you get uh, an agreement in place for 
audiobook, for ebook, for print book, for marketing materials, and when you're talking about cover design assets. So tell your designer, I want the Photoshop files. I want to be able to repurpose them. And you could very well use that same cover designer. You could say, hey, listen, you know, if, if you nail the cover design and I love it, I'm going to need you to design, you know, artwork for advertising at 970 by 250, 250 by 500. You know, I'm going to need uh, to eventually get this repurposed as an audiobook cover. And, you know, I need an agreement that I can use this forever for any medium, even things we haven't even considered yet. Right. And when you're talking about the 970 by 250, you mean the pixel size, right? Yes, exactly. Dimensions right. for, for online ads and stuff like that. Because Amazon, uh, they were buying up all these titles, but uh, I think they were they were buying them from publishers and, and uh, they hadn't specifically in their agree agreements early asked for rights to use the artwork for the eBooks. So the publisher sold them rights for the book, but it was a print book. And then they said, Oh, we're going to need to use the cover on the eBook. And these publishers are like, Oh, are you, you know? And then, uh, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. We'd be happy to negotiate that. And then, you know, great point. And that's the same thing that happens in radio. Like when we started broadcasting over the internet, all the ads that we were running on the air, all those people like, whoa, you can't run those on the internet unless you're paying us too. So that started a whole, so you're right. You got to look at all these different ways that, that things are broadcast now. And, and that's a great point. All right. So let's get into the marketing part of this because a lot of people have ideas. They even could write a book maybe, or they could create something great, but they're like, Hey, nobody knows who I am. I don't have a big email list. I don't have a lot of followers on social media. How do I start marketing this thing? Yeah, that's exactly uh, where we are and where we started. Uh, go ahead, CB. I let CB take the hard questions. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> he, he's the one with the degree in marketing. Uh, I just want to bring out one little thing that Dan did that I think was very unusual. First of all, he loves animated GIFs, and so he makes these animations of, like, yeah, Alexa yeah, shooting they, a gun. If you go to our website, you'll see it. I hope it's not too much, but... You know, I, I just can't help myself. Yeah. <laughs> I think but, they're fun. Yeah. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank but you. But he also made them into emails. Yeah. So that when we were reaching out to different uh, radio show hosts or podcasters or whatever, that he you could see uh, his animated GIF of, yeah. of the two of us. It was just it well, was really kind of funny. Yeah. You know how you get emails from like The Gap or something and it shows like someone wearing the jeans from the front, the side, you know, and it, it's much more engaging than just some text on a page. So, you know, we're just trying to make everything look cool. I mean, it takes a long, yeah. long time. But, but that's not the only thing he did. No. He created these props of Alexa Sylvan, my main character. Yeah. And you can, how tall is that thing? It's about what? a foot tall. About and foot it's, tall? it's, so it's the, the main character holding the gun by her side and she's wearing the red dress, uh, looking over her shoulder, uh, from the cover. At you. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, so basically just do a selfie with it. Yeah. I had a printer, <laughs> uh, a printer contact print that out at about 12 or 13 inches tall and mounted to foam core. And we just take that. My wife and I actually have a travel blog. So we, we take that all over with us and just hold up a foot, hold her up and then snap a photo of her in front of like Machu Picchu or something. And, and then, there yeah, so we actually, that's one of the things we need to do too, is once we start rolling out the fashion assassin podcast, we're just going to take all these ideas. So basically if you don't have a huge budget for marketing, you got to get creative. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you when, because, you know, everything that I read and everything I've tried to do is can I get on other people's podcasts and leverage their yes. audience? Right. Because 
If you are, then they're going to hear you like you guys are doing with me right now. Everybody who knows me now is going to know you guys. You're going to have the link in my show notes that you can click on. So now that you're exposed to new people. So you get on as many of those shows as you can. Right. And then and then they share it through their social media. Um, do you do things like events? I mean, do you go to bookstores and signings? We haven't started any of that yet, but you uh-huh. know what? I want to mention database. Dan was really big on creating our own database with as much as information. Yeah, as we could it's not get. that big or extensive yeah. that we we've reached out to, like you said, uh, most of the media to try to get on shows uh, like this. Mm-hmm. One of the most important things is to just uh, just try to get on social media. You know, you have to do every single podcast you, you possibly can and interview and, and radio. And we've been blessed to have done, uh, I've done three TV with CB and she's done one by herself. But really, our uh, marketing efforts have really only begun in earnest in the last six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, so like I said, these were, you know, side hustles forever. And then my wife and I uh, sold a little place in New Jersey and moved back to Florida. And uh, before that, we traveled for a year. So, uh, you know, during that time I was working uh, primarily on the travel blog and also on CB stuff, but, you know, really uh, these, these media interviews and, and the, everything that we're, we're working on right now is really the marketing effort for the last six months. And so the way that you've gotten onto that is you've reached out to some free services online where you can put your name in to be a guest and, and yeah. you've reached out to other people or how does that work? Uh, we did. We did radioguestlist.com. That's not free. Yeah, it, well, yeah, that's true. It, yeah. But, that, but that's a, a really good resource, radioguestlist.com. They yeah. have a couple of different options, but uh, several, just some services like that. You mentioned uh, book signings and all that. Uh, we, we definitely need to do that. But, you know, our to-do list is always five pages long. Even as we check something off, we add two more things on there. We're always just looking for those services where you can get listed as, uh, you know, media contact and um, you know, just trying to figure out where to best spend our small budget. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the other place that I've heard is really good is to go into some of these Facebook groups. And I'm sure there's plenty of Facebook fiction reading groups. Yes. You could go in and you, and you email the admin, the admin person and say, hey, you know, we've got this series of books that we've done and, and here's some of the shows we've been on. We'd love to talk to you about maybe giving away one of our books to your uh, to your group as a as a prize through some kind of a raffle or whatever, and then that admin can introduce you and say, "Hey, here's the book, and they're giving it away free," and blah blah blah. And now that whole group of people they know about your website, they know about your book, and they may come see you. That's an excellent, That's idea. excellent idea. I am idea. actually going to have CB re-listen to this, <laughs> and right. and then do that. Yeah, I, it, it's, it's really a great one. And what you guys are doing with your giveaway, I think, is great. Your how-tos. Um, I would just recommend that when I went and downloaded that today, I didn't have to give you my email address. I, I would put that behind a wall where you have to give me your email address because now I'm building my list, and I've also given you permission now to keep contacting me. And you guys can drip out the, this advice you have to help people that could really help move yes. them along. And now they're becoming more your big fans, and now – now they're going to want what you're selling. That's exactly right. We need to do that. That's actually on the list too. Yeah, and we're <laughs> ready to put up um, our our PDF on um, how to create your own book cover. No, yeah, we also want to turn them into blogs too. You know, for search engine optimization purposes, and you know, anytime you can just repurpose content. So, like, 
uh, we'll, we'll take bullet points and then write that into more of a, a longer form, uh, you know, article format and then uh, put that up. And I mean, we're even talking about recording it just as audio. And so if people don't have time to, you know, read the article, they could just hit play and listen to the audio. So absolutely. Yeah, and the audio drama podcast that's coming out soon, that's all free. And we're so excited about it. Yeah, you should be. And this is all this is all great stuff. And I appreciate you guys being with me today. It's CB and Dan Hoffman. You can find out more at cbhoffman.com. And if you go to cbhoffman.com slash how to, you can get their latest tips. It's two F's and two N's. It's in the show notes. CB and Dan, thanks so much for being with me today. Up next on Find Your Purpose, Live Your Passion, seven steps to having more time for what you want to do. Hey, how you doing? My name's Greg Knapp. You're in Find Your Purpose, Live Your Passion. You can reach out to me with a comment or a question, 904-373-6591. I might put it right in the podcast, 904-373-6591. You can email me, greg at gregorybnapp.com. And my free ebook, Five Steps to Finding Your Passion or Purpose, is at my website, gregorybnapp.com. It'll pop right up for you the first time you come. Gregory B is in boy, KNAPP.com. And all of this is in the show notes for you as well. Wherever you can find a podcast, just dial up the title, find your purpose, live your passion. I've got seven steps for you to having more time for what you want to do. I mean, who doesn't want more time? Greg, everyone gets 24 hours in a day. That's true. But here's the thing some people seem to get more done in that time. And the place to start figuring out how you can do that is. Figure out right now where you currently spend your time. And really, that, that's the way to talk about time, right? You spend it. And, and you either spend it, waste it, or invest it, right? I mean, Benjamin Franklin said, time is money. And I agree with Franklin to a point, but actually time is more valuable than money because I can make more money. I can't make more time. But Greg, wait a second. You just said you were going to give me steps to have more time, and now you're telling me you can't make time. Come on, man. Well, you're right. We can't make time, but we can invest it and spend it wisely and free up our time for what's most important. That's what we're going to do. But listen, before you spend your time being efficient, make sure you're being effective at what's important to you. Are you spending most of your time on what you want to become and do? Well, you got to go find out first. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci said this, time stays long enough for those who use it. So here's step one. Keep a log of how you spend your work and leisure time for one full week. Greg, you're killing me. We're talking about how little time we have and you want me to use some of it logging how I spend it? Well, yeah. Uh, trust me a little bit because you're going to be shocked at some of the things you're spending your time on. I know when I did this, I was shocked. I was wasting so much time. Write down how you spend every minute of the day. I'm talking about everything. Sleeping, getting ready for work, commute time, how much time you spend on different tasks at work, talking with colleagues, the water cooler, on and on, lunch, dinner, family time, television, email, web surfing, social media, golf, workouts, going out with friends, church, phone calls, volunteer work, everything. Now listen, I know it can be tiresome to do this for a week, but it's just one week. And when you see where your time is being wasted or spent or invested, it's going to be worth it. You're going to be thanking me. So at the end of the week, review your list. Now, which activities on your list do you actually like doing? 
Which ones do you dislike doing? Which ones are you really good at? Which ones are a struggle for you? You know, Zig Ziglar said, lack of direction, not lack of time, is the problem. We all have 24-hour days. And then the second step here is, avoid the time sucks. Take a look at your list. What are you doing that is truly a waste of time? What are you doing that when you're 90 years old, you do not want to look back on and say, gee, I'm glad I spent 10,000 hours on that. I mean, we all need to relax and recharge, no doubt about it. But are you doing that purposefully? Are you being strategic in your choices and looking at all the extra time that you'll have to do the things that really matter to you if you are? Here's what I mean by time sucks. How about TV? You know, Americans watch an average of four hours of TV a day. What? So don't channel surf. Just plan the few shows you actually want to watch. Don't binge on the streaming services. Don't just chill and watch Netflix. Search for a specific movie or show or whatever to watch just once or twice a week. Or if you really want to save time, don't watch it at all. I know that sounds crazy, but if you try it for a week, you might be surprised how much time is freed up for better things and how much you really don't miss it. All right, how about the internet? Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, on and on and on. How many funny cat videos do you need to watch? <laughs> do you really need to see what your so-called friend had for lunch? I mean, schedule your internet time. The internet is awesome and there's a lot of cool stuff and sometimes you need to let your brain just turn to mush, but set a timer when you log on. You know what, 10, 15 minutes? Because otherwise it might be an hour or two. And then there's email. Everything does not have to be responded to the second you receive it. Because when you do that, what's really happening is you're allowing yourself to be distracted from your important focus. And it can turn your day into just a series of reactions. So what if you made this signature on your email? In order to be as efficient and effective as possible, I only check my email at 10 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. If there's an emergency, you may call me. Now, I know, I know right now, some of you are going, what, Greg, there's no way I can only answer emails twice a day. You don't understand my business. You don't understand what I have to do. And you're right. You're absolutely right. I don't understand your business. But could you maybe answer your email only three times a day or four times a day so that you're not answering it all the time? And if you explain why to your coworkers, your boss, if you have one, and your customers, that you're doing it so you can really focus and do deep work to help them. I bet you'll find that most people understand it because all of us want to control the email situation because it's killing us. All right, from there, I've got a few other things that we can do. We can do eliminate, automate, delegate, and negotiate. Jennifer White has this in her book, Work Less, Make More, and I love it. Check that one out too. Oh, I wanted to make sure you heard this one from Groucho Marx. No man goes before his time unless the boss leaves early. Oh, that was a good one, Greg. All right, so listen, step three is eliminate. How often is a need to really a need to? Could you make it a get to or an I don't have to? I mean, look at the list you made on how you've been spending your time. What can you eliminate to create more time for what energizes you? And if you're about to say nothing, then you need to look again. Because all of us do some non-essential activities. Just remember the 80-20 rule. 20% of our activities produce 80% of our results. So let's get rid of some of the stuff that doesn't work. 
Stop trying a few of these activities you think might be really important and see what happens. Did anybody notice? Did you really lose anything? I bet 20 to 50% of what you're currently doing, you really don't need to do. You have to say no to the good so you can say yes to the great. Now, step four, automate. What do you do every day, week, month that could be automated? Maybe with your smartphone or your laptop. There's all kinds of programs and apps that can help you automate. How about Evernote or Google Calendar, Shoebox, Dropbox, Contact Form 7. There's all kinds of stuff out there. Create email templates. Certain types of emails that you do all the time. Have that template and all you got to do is copy and paste and put in the person's name and your name. All kinds of, and you can save tons of time. Mozart said, the shorter way to do many things is to only do one thing at a time. Yes, stop the whole multitasking. It doesn't work. But you can cluster. Clustering or batching, it's where you take your simple tasks and do them all at the same time instead of allowing them to constantly interrupt you. That's what I was talking about with the email, voicemail, snail mail, uh, posting your social media with something like Hootsuite. What tasks can you cluster? Because Thoreau said it. It's not enough to be busy. So are the ants. The question is, what are we busy about? Now, step five is to delegate. Check your list of how you're currently spending your time and look for the tasks that need to get done that you either don't like to do, aren't good at, or just aren't the best use of your time. Now, how many of those tasks could you delegate to someone else? Now, it does take some time to teach them, but once you teach them, wow, it could really free up your time. Step six is negotiate. If an offer, opportunity, or request comes your way that doesn't fit your strengths or the best use of your time, don't just immediately say yes to it. Take a little time and figure out the best way to handle it. Could you say no? Could you explain what part you could do really well and what part you think somebody else could do better? Could you take on a different project in exchange for the one that doesn't fit you? And when you explain how this is going to help everybody, again, you might be surprised how often your counter offer is accepted. You have all the time you need to do what you were born to do. Don't waste it. And then step seven, spend 80% of your time doing what you do best and what you love to do. Cool, isn't it? Hey, you've cleared away so much from your life that you really don't need to do. You still have the same 24 hours in the day, but now you have much more control over how you will use them. You can focus on what you do and like best. Step eight, bonus step, celebrate a great day. Go for a walk, read a book to your kids, go out to dinner with your spouse, eat some boiled peanuts and watch a martial arts movie. Oh wait, that's just what I like to do. Sorry, but celebrate, enjoy. Hey, thanks for listening. If you missed anything or want the show notes, the podcast is anywhere podcasts are available. Look it up by the title. Don't forget to go to my website, gregorybnapp.com. And when you listen to the podcast, go ahead and subscribe and review it. Really appreciate it. My name is Greg Knapp. Remember, find your purpose, live your passion.